Good morning, Edinburgh. That's right. It's 9 a.m., actually 9.04 here at 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. This is the Morning After Sports Show, and I am your host, Tubby. Alongside me today, as always, is my co-host, Miss Maddie G, in the background. I'm kind of in the background right now, but that's okay. <laughs> it's because we have uh, two very special guests from women's volleyball. Ladies, go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm Megan Skreptak from the volleyball team. And I'm Alicia Eldridge. And uh, so we get to talk. I get the first half hour with you ladies. I feel so lucky. <laughs> so you guys are having, you're off to a really quick start. You guys have already played two tournaments, one away. You guys went to uh, Indiana um, right at the start of school. Uh, you faced Old Dominican University, Minnesota State University, uh, Mankato, Kentucky State, and University of Southern Indiana. How do you guys feel that trip went? I think it was a good start to our season. Um, the two teams we beat, they were easy wins. We played really well together for the playing for the first time um, in an actual match. And the teams we lost to were very competitive games. We played well and we battled. And I think it was a good start to our season. Anything, anything to add? Or are you just like, yep, that's fine? I think it was a great way to start off and to figure things out and build up on for the next weekend. Now you guys come uh, being a, a fall a fall athlete and being a fall sport. What what time do you guys actually like report to the university? Was it like early August or when um, you guys actually got on campus? We reported August eighth, so we got here pretty early and had a pretty long preseason this year. So yeah, we came pretty early. How we, go ahead. Yeah, we came about three weeks three weeks earlier than the other of the students did. So we had three weeks of uh, two practices a day. So that was like uh, conditioning, drills, that type of stuff. Did you guys get a chance to play like scrimmages or, or did you like scrimmage amongst the team? We did a little bit of both. We practiced, we scrimmaged each other a lot during practice and then we had one scrimmage on um, the second Saturday. We were here against Gannon and Lake Erie. Okay. That's not too bad. You guys have a, you guys have a, a very young team this year. You don't, have, yeah. you don't have a whole lot of seniors. But the freshmen that we've seen come out and sophomores come out and play – have really stepped up and been like early contributors to your team. Can you talk about like how quickly your your team kind of got together and gelled so well? Well, I think being here so early and having to, you know, kind of struggle through preseason and, you know, we did a lot of team bonding. I think that really helped a lot to gel outside of the court. And then when we all come on the court, you know, it's really comfortable and we I think we really gel well together. I think that was a really big thing for us so far. What type of like team building did you guys like all go out bowling or did you go rock climbing or go up to that new jump zone up there in Erie or something or Well we always start off like the preseason with the ropes course outside with some of the the Edinburgh Cork um students and we do like a bunch of different communication and like team bonding. Um I don't know how you would put it, but it's outside in the in the woods. It's pretty fun and then a couple times a week we get together as a team and set goals and talk about where we want to be at certain parts of the season and what we want to accomplish as a team this year. So that kind of gets you guys all in line and rowing the boat the same way. Yeah, yeah. it gets us all in the right mindset and stuff. Same page. Does does this season, I mean, Megan, you've been here for a while now. Have Does anything feel different about this team, about the attitude? This team is the smallest team out of the four years that I've been here, and even though it's the smallest, I feel like it's the like we're the closest. And like Leash said, we all gel really well together on and off the court. We had a lot of time at the beginning of the year to meet each other, and the freshmen don't seem like freshmen to me. They fit right in; like they seem like they've been here for a while. But we're small, we're a small team, but we're all really close, so we get along really well. And I think we play better like that. And then this past weekend, you ho you hosted a tournament here. You had Lockhaven come in, who was a, who's, who's a PSAC opponent, but it didn't count for PSAC play, lucky for them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we had Davis and Elkins come in, and then you guys also played uh, Glenville State as well. You guys won all three of those in pretty dominating fashion, only losing uh, one set to David and, uh, Davis and Elkins. How important was it for you guys to – kind of like put on that dominating performance not only in a tournament but at a tournament that you guys are hosting yeah I mean for our home opener we really came out and did all the things we needed to, to do very disciplined very you know we were communicating a lot cheering a lot 
and it was just a really hype, you know, um, setting. So I think really coming out, especially playing Lock Haven in our um, in our conference, you know, I think that was really big for us to set the tone for the rest of the season and, you know, let, you know, Edinburgh know, you know, we're here to play and to fight. So I think that was really cool. Yeah, I agree with Leash. I think our home opener on Friday was the best match we played this weekend and we all like were ready to go, ready to show like what we worked hard for all preseason and they were a tough team. They came out strong and we just took care of them and handled them the way I knew we could. So you guys going forward now, you're going in fact, you're leaving today to go to New Hampshire for yet another tournament. This will be the last tournament before you guys actually start into your conference play. Um, again, you have some, some pretty decent opponents coming up. I mean, you have St. Anselm College, Mercy College, Pace University. Um, talk about, because I remember we talked before we went on air about you guys took a trip to, to co- you guys played out west, played in Colorado. And I remember from the post-match interviews after that that it, it was – like out west, it was like a different play style than what we play here on the East Coast. Do you guys run into some of that? Like playing in Indiana and now playing in New Hampshire, do you guys experience different play styles or is it or is it still kind of regional? Based on when we went to Colorado two years ago, I think the competition level was way higher out there. And we didn't really, we weren't all that successful out there, but it was a good experience to face teams that are that competitive and that tough and I just think the the volleyball volleyball out there in general is at a faster level and pace. But around this area, um, there are some very good teams. When we went to Southern Indiana, USI and um, Mankato were both really good. And it just depends on the area you're in. But we compete well with everybody no matter where we are, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think when we went to USI and we saw USI and Mankato, they definitely played you know, very fast offense where on the East Coast you might not see it as much, but I think, you know, that's where we're trying to get to too, and it's really competitive. So I think it was really good to see us compete with them, and we're both both sides doing really great things and playing really great volleyball. So yeah. Excellent. So you guys, we talked a little bit earlier um, today about you were setting goals and you talk a lot amongst the team, like what – individual goals and and what team can you share like what some of those goals are at the beginning of the season we set goals on how we want to like somewhat of a close to like a record we want to be in conference and non-conference and where we want to be at when it comes to the ncaa tournament and psac tournament and we for sure want to make both if not win psac psacs that would be an amazing goal for us and especially like me leaving my senior year that would be a great way to end leaving edinburgh volleyball but um, so yeah, making and winning PSAX, making it to the NCAA tournament and kind of having a high record, I'd say, were some of them. Do you know what else? Do you remember any of them? Else, um, we also set game to game statistics, uh, like statistical goals of, you know, if we do, if we get this many points per game and earn them, or if we get this many kills per set, um, we'll be a really hard team to beat will be a dominating team so we set a lot of those statistical goals just to you know have measurable goals that we can keep in mind as we play and meet new opponents so I think that helped out a lot this year the um recently the piece that kind of kind of broke apart used it used to be just east and west right. and now they've broken it into quadrants but you guys are still in like one of the toughest because the west has always been tough and now you guys are in like the Northwest, and it's still tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have, uh, I know Gannon's usually like a headache, and there's like a couple other teams that are like, they just mean a little bit more. When, when you see those, those games start to come out on your schedule and they start to, as they start to come into your view, like describe the excitement level going into one of those games. Oh, I'm really excited to play Gannon, Clarion, um, UPJ, any of those teams, those are all really good games to play in because it's such high level of like competitiveness and intensity that w- I feel better. I think we're better when we play better teams because we try and play up to their level. And it's I'm really excited to show, see where we're at when we play them at this point in the season. Um, I mean, I've never <laughs> played those teams before, but just hearing you know the upperclassmen talk about them and how exciting those games are I'm just super excited to see how we perform and you know as we get closer you know the little butterflies are coming up but 
Right. We talk a lot about Edinburgh and and the culture here at Edinburgh. Leash as as a freshman, as an underclassman coming in, how has like that culture been indoctrinated onto you? Like, how has it been passed on to you? Um. Well, obviously the coaches have set expectations and rules to follow, but the upperclassmen especially, and we have so many sophomores, they've definitely you know followed those guidelines and been really good role models and. I feel like I can go up to them and ask them whatever, whether it's volleyball-related or school-related, and they're always going to be rocks there for me, and that just makes it such a fun environment to play in. So I think setting like a family kind of background, I think, really helps out for the freshmen. Right. Megan, as, as a senior, uh, being one of the, the old heads on the team, as it were, What's one of the biggest things or biggest gifts that you can pass down to the underclassmen? Just kind of showing them what this program is all about and how we do things here and how we want to win and we want to be good and what we expect. And we're always going to be there for the underclassmen. Like I said, they came in and they fit right in with us. Like I don't even look at them as freshmen. But um, just kind of like where we stand as a team and what this program is all about. Like our coaches expect things from us and we're here to give it to them. And that's what we're all here for. Edinburgh released, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but Edinburgh released their new promotional video. And the, and the hashtag for it is for those who strive, right? Can you guys talk about some of the advantages and, um, it's, yeah, basically just some of the advantages that you've gotten from being a student athlete here at Edinburgh? Like what it's taught you the most, I guess. It's definitely taught me good time management skills and just learning how to cope with, I'm coming in as a freshman, I didn't know what I was getting myself into or what to expect. But by this point in time, like volleyball has made me realize like what I'm here for. And it's, I've met so many great people and my coaches are amazing too. And it just it keeps my head on straight and keeps me like looking at my goals in the future and what I'm here for and what I need to accomplish while I'm here. Um, within the two weeks that you know school has started, I've definitely already learned having to prioritize you know my homework and what I need to do like laundry and stuff like that because um, with playing collegiate volleyball you have practice and lifts and you have to do rehabs and treatments. And so having to really time manage and fit my schedule and like my classes around it has definitely been something, you know, something new and something that I'm struggling with a little bit. But, you know, the seniors are definitely, you know, kind of teaching me how to do that and <coughs> helping me out a little kinda bit. Kind of bringing you along a little yeah. bit. <laughs> showing you the ropes. All right, ladies. So to follow you guys along, do you guys, you guys have a, a volleyball Twitter account? Yeah, we do. Okay. What, what's that? Um, I'm pretty sure it's just Edinburgh Volleyball, but I can look it up. Okay. Because I, I think I found a couple, because surprisingly, after being here for four years. Oh, we, I don't know if we have an actual Twitter account. We just get mentioned and noticed a lot in Edinburgh Athletics, mm -hmm. but we can okay. make a Twitter account. Also, okay. We've thought about it. All right. Well, you should, because <laughs> I'm all over it. But anyway, other than me being awesome on Twitter and on air, uh, you know, I wanted to kind of give you guys a shout out to follow you. But you can follow along um, through the updates, not only through at Edinburgh Now, which is our campus media website, but also through Edinburgh Athletics and GoFightingScots.com. Um, between those two accounts, we'll keep you updated as the ladies move on up to New Hampshire. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. On the, on the back side of that, we'll get a little bit off of volleyball here, and we'll talk a little bit about the NFL because it's a big NFL day for me. So I, I like to share that, that type of passion with you guys. So we'll be right back. It's 918 here at 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. You're listening to The Morning After. And we're back right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. This is The Morning After Sports Show, and I am your host, Tubby. And I'm joined by Megan and Alicia from the uh, Fighting Scots Women's volleyball team for probably like the next five minutes i think <laughs> i'm going to keep you guys i know you're busy you're getting ready to go to new hampshire and go up there and dominate um but it's a big nfl day for me the nfl returns today and it's our pick em show so ladies if you have a favorite football team if you follow football what's your favorite football team 
The Browns. The Browns, baby, even though they suck generally. <laughs> Yay, I'll take it. I got one. Uh, I'm a Cowboys fan. My family's been a Cowboys fan for the past 50-something years. So, Right. I mean, that's like I, I, they always get on me because I'm a Browns fan living here in PA. And it, it, it's difficult when you're this close to that black and gold team down mm-hmm. south. I mean, it's difficult. But Sundays for me was family and surrounded by like the one big screen TV and like okay so at my house we had like the the old wooden TV set that mm-hmm. had like a record player in it too but then the TV went bad so we set the new TV on top of it uh-huh. and we all sat around that and watched the Browns play and like they were like when I was younger when I was a pup like the Browns were actually good and we <laughs> won games so I mean that's how I remember like my NFL experience do you guys have similar experiences with the NFL and, and family and gatherings and stuff oh yeah on Sundays my family gets together and we make good food we sit around watch NFL all day watch the Browns generally we're disappointed but this year we won't be (laughs) this year we won't be I'm hoping I'm speaking it into existence we will win more like a game and then more than that that's (laughs) that's where I'm at yeah, um, Sunday nights, getting those big cheese and cracker platters, and my parents cracking a couple cold ones, and we all just gather around the um, TV. Yeah, those, I miss those. Right, so we were talking a little bit, and at least your, your, uh, your Cowboys are facing the Panthers. How do you think their odds are facing down Cam and the Carolina Panthers? I mean, although they have Cam, I think the Cowboys still have a pretty good team this year and a good, good set of boys, so... I think we'll show out. I think we'll do well, you know. Yeah, I have I have faith because I, I really like Dak Prescott. I yes, like him I as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's cool. And also I like Zeke the Freak <laughs> from my um my other my favorite division one college football team, that'd be Ohio State. So right. I'm always rooting for him and I just I worry a little bit because there's been some shake up with your offensive line. Yeah. Been a little suspect and the defense is mm, mm, I don't know. That's gonna be a close one. I think that one's gonna end up being um, a coin flip for me as I look at our Pick'em League stats here. I'm trying to pull up the game. Oh, there we go. Yeah, well, they have it more as a, I think it's like a 60-40 split with it leaning towards Carolina. Oh, no. I know. That's heartbreaking. It's okay. We'll be, uh, turn the tables. It's all right. And, Megan, for our beloved Browns, believe it or not, it's like a – 90 to 10% split in favor of the Yinzers. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it looks like Pittsburgh's going to – Pittsburgh's a favorite to win. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I think they're going to come out good and, sh- like, compete. I think they'll do well this Sunday. I think so, too. And I think I think this whole Le'Veon Bell thing with him holding out, I think it caused a huge disruption in the Steelers' locker room because hardly – you never hear a peep. Yeah. Out of locker, because it's always just Tomlin speaks, mm-hmm. and everybody falls in line. You know, it, it's been that way. It's the Steeler way. I mean, I've watched it all the way back to Chuck Knoll. It's just the way they are. Right. But now, on this whole Le'Veon Bell holdout thing, they've been, like, really chirping at him. Like, you know, like, dude, you're hurting us by sitting out. And he's like, yo, I'm just trying to get my money. And Yeah. So, I, I hope that that dismay and that discord... Like, shows out on the field. Yeah, really tears them up. But on the same token, even though I'm a Browns fan, I'm really rooting for James Conner to have like a decent day. Mm-hmm. Like, don't score. You can get a bunch of yards, just don't score. Yeah, <laughs> because he's a local kid, McDowell grad, Pitt grad. Oh, okay. battled. He battled cancer. You see him on the UMPC yeah. health things all the time. But yeah, he's a local kid. Been up here. Uh, actually, came to Edinburgh. Checked out some basketball games oh, okay. during the offseason when he was off. So. Real nice guy, cool kid. Um, I'm really rooting for him. And, of course, uh, my boy Joe Hayden <laughs> down there. But, uh, God, I was so sad to see him leave. Yeah, I know. So was I loved when he played for the Browns. Because I, like, I got a picture of him and my sons when they were little. Yeah. Like, little, little. And he's just, like, towering over them now. It, anyway. But, yeah, <laughs> I, really, I really hope for those two guys. I hope they do well. So, uh, any parting shots that you ladies have for us here? On the morning after, anything other than come check out volleyball at Macomb? Yeah, we have our next home games on September 21st and 22nd, so come out and watch us, root us, root for us. I'm not sure who we play that weekend, but... Um, I can tell you in a hot second here, as soon as I pull it up. 
It'll be good. Yeah. Okay, that's the 14th. You guys are away at Millersville, mm -hmm. and then you're at Westchester, and then you bring it on home on the 21st for East Stroudsburg oh. <laughs> University. First tip for that one will be at 6 p.m., and then follow that up Saturday, the 22nd, you guys will be taking on Kutztown University. So come on out to Macomb Fieldhouse, support the ladies. They're going to be on the road pretty much until you know, like a week from this weekend almost, like almost two weeks, you guys are going to be on the road. Mm -hmm. Yep. So make sure you come on out. Pack Macomb Fieldhouse. It's free to get in with your student ID. What college kid does not like free? It's free, people. Just show your little college ID, and you get the walk-in free. Macomb Fieldhouse has awesome concessions. They got cookies. I kid you not, the size of my head, and they're delicious. <laughs> I love, like, every time I go and I have to, like, rep and I'm reporting on one of the sporting events there, like, my kids always ask me, Dad, you going to bring me home a cookie? I was like, yeah, I'll get you a cookie. <laughs> so, and the cookie lasts them, like, a week because it's huge. But, yeah. So, make sure you come on out to Macomb Fieldhouse. Support these ladies. They're on fire and they're getting ready to let the rest of the peace sack know. So, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank you, you for having us. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at some point here long down the future. Let, let us know how it went on the road. We okay, will. For we sure. will. Thank you. All right. Thanks. That was women's volleyball here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. We'll take one more break here and coming back. Hopefully we'll have uh, Coach Neely will be joining us from the Edinburgh football team. You don't want to miss anything. Keep it locked right here. And we're back right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. It's now 9.34 a.m. So if you got a 10 a.m. class... Best put your big people pants on and get on up out the door. You can take us with you because we're on the TuneIn mo mobile app or you can stream us live through edinburghnow.com. We are Campus Media. We are everywhere you are. And now that it's 9.34, I'm joined by defensive coach, Coach Neely. Coach, how are you today, sir? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, obviously, we got a tough matchup coming in a couple days, so I was a little worried about that, but feeling good on this Thursday morning. Right. I know I know you don't like to look back, but I, and we're a few days removed for it, and I know your focus is on Bloomsburg and going down there and trying to eat on Saturday, but I got to talk to you about last Saturday in Lake Erie. Pitching a shutout. 69 nothing. I mean, 69 points. Yeah, okay, good job, offense. Great. Good job. <laughs> but that zero, that goose egg on the other side, that's something that doesn't happen every every day. Like, you just can't pull those out of your hat. Yeah, I'm proud of our guys. You know, um, getting shutouts are tough, man, and, and it's hard to keep a team out the end zone. And really, you know, in the in the fourth quarter, it's actually pressure because you're worried about them getting a couple first downs and getting some momentum or getting a cheap score. So, you know, it's pressure down down the stretch there. But, you know, it's all testament to our kids and, and how they uh, prepared for the game and how they played. You know, obviously I'm there calling the plays, but at the end of the day it's about the players executing. Yeah, and, you know, execute they did. And, you know, the thing about it is I, I talked to you in the preseason and we talked a little bit about, you know, guys who need to step up, guys who need to make a, a, a name for themselves. And, you know, your playmakers came out. I mean, Mr. Anderson had another great game. Zerl Hendrick had another great game. Um, the big fellas up front in the hog zone just did an awesome job of manning up closing up them holes and stuff so i you know big kudos to them to actually like you have a game plan but actually executing yeah that's the biggest thing obviously we, you know in the summer we talked about a guy like billy DePaul stepping up obviously he had a big pick and a couple big hits in the first quarter uh ba's uh, you know ba and z are super consistent and i would say add sims in there as well they're super consistent players for us you know we also talked about uh, david balloo needed to step up he had two sacks and a, a strip fumble that led to a touchdown which was huge and obviously, all-conference player Derek Doerr stepped up and had a great game. But I would say everybody up front from Nick Pettigrew to Ethan Uppercoat to Miles Turner, um, they all had all played great, and our linebackers were terrific. You know, I would say probably Trey Hall's best game to, to date since I've, been on, since I've been involved with the program, so it was great to see him step up. And also, I'll, Aaron Rodgers did a great job of locking down his man when he had to. You know what? I'm going to take a little bit of responsibility on that because Trey Hall was a guest on our show the Thursday before the game. So we had an outstanding show. So you know what? Maybe maybe there's a little magic here in the studio. Perhaps maybe a little bit of, 
I don't know, fairy dust or whatever kind of sprinkled on him, and, and he had a great game. But I'm taking credit for it, Coach. Yeah, I'm right with you. I'm, I'll give it to you as well. You know, we won't uh, won't give any credit to Coach Bradford, who's his position coach. We'll give no. it all to you. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure Coach Bradford's in his office right now just loving that comment. It's okay, Coach. I'll buy you a sandwich. It's on me. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just an, an, an excellent effort. And you held them to, like, Offensive yards was like under a hundred. Like total yards was like under a hundred. Like they didn't have that many yards. Like they couldn't get anywhere. Yeah, for us it was you know our guys did a great job tackling, and that was the biggest thing. Obviously they had plays and opportunities to make plays. We did a great job tackling. I can think about they had a, a pass that was about you know 15 yards downfield. Right, they're going to complete things, and then Zareel Hendrick punches the ball out. So there we get the ball back. We turn a big play for them into a. a a momentum-changing play for us. And then Trey Hall did the same thing. They caught like a five, six-yard out. Trey Hall is running to the football, strips the ball out. So once again, a positive play for them turns into a momentum-changing play for us. Right. hundred. I'm sorry, 104 yards of total offense. Feels good. Uh, obviously, um, you know, with some negative plays there, that, that helps you out right there. And that, that's what we're about, creating negative plays and taking the ball away. And right. we the, the yards are good. And, and we talk to, I talked to the guys preseason and – I'll be honest with you, I don't care about yards. It's about the points and keeping guys out of the end zone. Um, last year, red zone defense, we were top 20 in the country, and we plan on being better than that. It's all about keeping guys from crossing the goal line for us. Right. Down, down there, as uh, several of your players have related to us, down there in the man-up zone. Amen. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, now we move on to, to Bloomsburg. Um, PSAC, cross-conference. Uh, what are you seeing out of, out of Bloomsburg? I know, I know kind of like what I saw as a journeyman's view, just kind of looking over their previous game on who they played. Um, but what are you seeing out of Bloomsburg? Well, back then when I was coaching at East Stroudsburg, I played against Bloomsburg twice, unfortunately for me. Um, you know, they were a big physical team, run you off the ball, got big bruising backs. You know, sometimes people talk about their passing game not being great, but to me it's better than people expect it to be, and, and they do take shots downfield that can be completed or, or maybe uh, draw a pass interference, which ends up being a, another first down. You know, looking at their team this year, um, they get they get their running back back, who was, uh, I think, ineligible a, a year ago, uh, Silman. So he's uh, obviously a great player. Uh, Kuyate was their starting running back a year ago. I'm happy to um, have to play against him and not his brother. Um, and then the, the quarterback for his first start, to me, had a pretty good game, obviously. You know, he threw two picks. He wished he could have him back, but I'm sure he's going to learn from week one and week two. And um, probably one of the better offensive lines that we'll face uh, throughout, the whole, throughout the whole season. I actually met their old line coach during a recruiting trip um, uh, during this summer. And I understand that why they're, why they're tough. You know, it was a t- as I'm having a conversation, I can see that they, uh, look in his eye. I can see that he talked about toughness and exactly how their offensive line plays. Yeah, just full of grit, gravel in their guts kind of guys. And uh, you're talking about uh, Hakeem uh, Silman. He had 17 attempts for 143 yards, um, lost a yard. He has a net of 142. Uh, longest run was 24 yards, averages 8.4 yards of carry. Then they have another guy, uh, Cumac Quinta. I think that's how I yep, think. Quite. Yep, Quite. Yep. Okay, yeah, and he – he had 13 attempts for, for 92 yards, net of 92. Longest run was 16, and he was averaging seven yards uh, a carry. You know, again, you know, heavy run. But I think on defense, I think that matches up well with what you guys do on the defensive line and with your linebackers uh, coming forward with your front seven. Um, I, I think that that's a good matchup for us. This is a, this is a good, solid test as we start to get into – you know, further on down the line, and we start looking, and then we start talking about Cal, and we start talking about IUP and and Rock, some of those. Yeah, other this is definitely a, a huge test. No disrespect to Lake Erie, but I would say Bloomsburg's probably a better football team. So definitely a huge test, and it's a huge test as far as the physicality of the nature you know, of the football game. There's a lot of teams who want to spread you out and throw the ball all over the yard, and, and uh, Bloomsburg's old school. And I, you know, obviously I played Big Ten football, and I've been telling the guys all week they remind me of Iowa, right? They don't. They don't do a lot, not very flashy, but they get the job done, and they're very hard to, to beat. And if uh, you don't jump on them quick, it's going to be a long physical football game for you. So we got to do a great job early. Got to uh, do a great job winning first downs because they get you in the third and short. Now they can just use their power and, and fall forward for a couple yards and get another first down and, and keep the time to keep the clock running and, and keep you on the field and wearing you down. 
Right, because they don't do anything. They're not. They're not tricky. They're not flashy. Everybody in the country is knows what they're gonna do, and they're just like, yeah, go ahead and stop me if you can. And then, hey, man, and I love their attitude, and I love the way they coach the game, and and the way they the way they approach the game, and it is exactly that. Yeah, we you understand what we're gonna do, and we're gonna do it anyway because you know we feel like we have better players, and why I think it's a good matchup for us because that's how we feel on defense. You know, obviously we're gonna. Tweak, tweak things from week to week based off what they do, but you know our, what we've been running in camp is what we're going to run for the next 11 weeks here, and we feel good about our players and confident in their abilities. You know, guys just got to show up, and obviously we got to be physical and be able to tackle well and get multiple guys to the football, and that's how we win this football game. Now, this is your third year here on campus with the team, third year working with the defense. How vital is it for you to have the, kind of that upperclassman leadership bringing in some of these younger guys? along with it and how, how you've seen your guys develop from underclassmen to upperclassmen. Yeah, it's almost like bittersweet, man. When I when I first got here, a lot of these guys, it was their first spring. They were, you know, 17, 18 years old. They didn't know how spring ball went. And uh, we brought in a new staff, come with new energy. And just to see the improvement that these guys have made over, over the last two, three years has just been amazing. And it's a testament to them and their hard work and, and the culture of our program. And what they've done now, and a lot of guys understand that it's it's important to leave the leave the program better than when you found it. And they're doing a great job of bringing the younger guys up. I can think about you know on defense anyway, Branson Smith, who got some time last week, who's who's a very good player. And I can think about a guy who's on scout team right now, who we think has a, a huge future is, is Tucker Harrington. So we got some guys, the younger guys who are who are coming, and but you know. We don't want to run the older guys out of there just yet. You know, they got some they got some great skill, and I'm, I'm happy to be part of this team. And, you know, whenever their final game is, hopefully it's uh, later later better than sooner. You know, it's going to be a tough moment to not coach these guys anymore, but, you know, I'm privileged to be on this team and part of this program. Right. Now your, your hashtag uh, this year is, is do the work. And describe a little bit about the mentality. Because for me, a lot of it, like you can be the most physical – talented player in the world but if you're not there mentally you know you're, you're gonna get whooped every single time so talk a little bit about about the hashtag about doing the work and what that means uh, not only to your defense but as your team as a whole well for I'll, 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 I'll tell you this here on defense our, our hashtag is the jungle okay mm -hmm. but the team overall the program is do the work and, and that's you know come from our head coach he gave a great speech during our uh, our banquet last year and it was moving, and the message was do the work. No matter what happens, no matter whether it's hot, whether it's raining, whether it's snowing, whether you're feeling good or bad, do the work. And that's what our team has done, and just specifically talking about our defense. It's what they've done all camp. And talking about the seniors who have improved over the last three years, that's what they've done. And we're, you know, we're a team who's also built off grit. And, you know, we can make the excuses about scholarship money, funding, and athletic buildings and all that stuff, but we don't do that. We just do the work. And it has worked for us, and, and uh, we want to continue to have it work for us as the season goes on. Right, because when it comes down to it, I mean, a weight is a weight. Ten pounds is ten pounds. Two fifty is two fifty. Amen. It don't matter a what lap the, is a the, lap. Doesn't matter what the weight room looks like, man. You, you got to go in there. You got to lift the weights to get strong. Right. You can have all the mirrors in the, in the windows, or you can have cinder blocks, but you know the weights aren't going to move themselves. You got to do the work. Right. Exactly. And I, I, you know, I love that about this team, and I love about one of the other things I really love about this team and this environment around Edinburgh is how welcoming this team is, you know, and, and especially for media guys like me, I get on here and I say, yeah, we're going to do this. And, you know, we're going to do that. Like, like, like I got a Jersey on and I'm about to take out on the field, <laughs> you know, and a lot of people get on some of the outside people get on. Well, you won't play. And I was like, yeah, but you don't, you're not here. You know, yeah. like, like you don't, you don't feel it like the way we feel like, you know, we just had the ladies on from volleyball. You know, and, and it's the same way with pretty much any sport here on Edinburgh. You feel like you're a part of it. You know, this that family atmosphere. Can you can you talk a little bit about how you guys have have really kind of embraced that and, and brought us in? Yeah, but I, I would say this: uh, the people of Edinburgh and the Erie area are hardworking people, and some down sometimes look down upon. And then you know that's sometimes the same thing as our football team. You know, we're the we're the underdogs. People talk about IUP, Slippery Rock, and Cal. And those teams, so we're the underdog, and and a lot of our players have overachieved. So that's why I think there's a comfort from the community because they you know we're normal people who just outwork people. You know, we don't have everything. We weren't blessed with everything, but you know, there's still a way to have success. And I think that's what we give off to the people. And then I would say our players do a great job of 
holding doors, saying yes, sir, no, sir, saying thank you, and, and being respectful to the best of their abilities. And I, I think uh, a lot of people want to be part of our program. America loves football. So when the football yeah. program is doing well, a lot of people are, are, are enjoying themselves, and we're, we're, we want to make the community lively and have more people come to Edinburgh University. Now, you guys, speaking of coming to Edinburgh University, you guys don't come home until the 15th. You guys come home, and it'll be your former uh, East Stroudsburg coming into Sox Harrison, coming into the no-fly zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously we're focused on Bloom, but do I know East Stroudsburg is coming next week without a doubt. Um, I'm excited to compete against those guys. I know they got great coaches and players over there. And I recruited a lot, of the, a lot of the guys, and I coached a lot of the guys who are still on the team, even though I've been removed for a couple seasons. I'm excited to play those guys, but you know, we'll, we'll uh, start thinking about East Stroudsburg on Sunday. Right. I, I didn't want to get too far ahead, but just that, just because it's such, it's becoming such an event. Not only from, uh, you know, like the the pregame festivities with the tailgates around Sox Harrison, to uh, the the band being there, the bagpipes playing, you guys doing the Braveheart drill, you know, before before the halves and stuff, and the running out on the field, and it's just, we we set a, attendance records at Sox Harrison. I mean. I can't explain to those who are new on campus, but you have to come out and see it. Like you have to come out and be a part of it. Yeah, for us, you know, we're uh, we're the show, and we try to put on a show and try to entertain entertain the uh, fans and give them something fun to watch. That's why you you love our offensive staff. You know, they're gonna go throw deep balls and and uh, create great energy and big plays and get the crowd going. And on defense, we're gonna try to take the ball away and stop the guys from scoring. Um, so for us, we just try to entertain the guys. And, you know, we got a, a DJ out there doing pregame. Our guys are dancing and they're having fun. And that's where our, our, on our team and our ball club we want to have fun and, and be loose because that's when our players are the best. We want them being themselves, not being tight and worried about a lot of things, just going out and being the athletes that they are. Right. Like I, I remember it calls back to an interview I did with uh, Ethan Upperco and a uh, young guy coming out, just really showing out. And he was like, yeah, you know, I just kind of like really feeling the groove and I was in it. I was feeling, you know, and he just had like a weird way of kind of saying it. I was like, I just, it wasn't like the hard edge that I thought for like a DN. Like I didn't think for a defensive end, like that type of attitude. But you know what? Hey, water breaks rocks, right? Yep. It flows through. So I, I, I get it now. I yeah, get but, it now. And that goes back to the mental game that you're talking about. Ethan is is loose and, and feeling good here, but in in his mind he knows, understands what the game plan takes and what he has to do uh, physically or what he has to do mentally for the game. So, you know, you want them feeling loose, but he also goes back to being smart football players, understanding what it's going to take for us to win the football game. Right, exactly. Can you – I know it's not exactly your area. If I could talk this morning, you know, this would make my job a whole lot easier. <laughs> All right, anyway, it's 9.50 here on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. This is the morning after. I'm your host, Tubby. Alongside me today is Coach Neely from the Edinburgh Fighting Scots football team. We're talking a little bit of defense. Now I kind of want to get you out of your comfort zone a little bit. I want you to talk a little bit, if you can, about our offense and the job that Coach Limbaugh and uh, Coach Corey, the offensive line coach, and all those guys over there have been doing so far this year. I could talk a lot about those guys. You know, I'm, you know, speaking of camp, once camp ended, I was probably the happiest human being on earth because I no longer have to deal with our offense and, you know, our, our two great wide receivers on the outside and our All-American running back. But, you know, all those guys are good, but the, the thing that makes it go are the coaches. You know, Coach Coach Limbach obviously coordinating the whole thing, but Coach Watson does a great job with the wideouts developing those guys. Coach O'Neill has come back to our staff, has made Fletcher a better player already in the first you know, three weeks of our short season here. And then obviously Coach Corey doesn't give up a lot of sacks over the last two years if you haven't been paying attention, probably you know, 20 sacks, maybe even less than that. I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but those guys have done a great job. And then um, we've developed a young tight end, so Coach Hembree has done a great job developing him. So, you know, to play against those guys every day and to coach against those guys, it's it's uh, nerve-wracking. And then every day we get like a, a go on a, a good-on-good period. So I, I'm still reminded of the nightmares facing against our offense. But to me, you know, in our program we try to – Try to have to say the best competition is already in our building, you know, and and so far so uh, so good. It has shown that our, our receivers have been better than other teams' receivers, and our running back and O line have been better than other teams. And we got to continue to play. And obviously, when you get to ball games, other teams give you different wrinkles. But to play against those guys every day, you know, uh, I feel lucky. Right. I looking at our offense, it amazes me sometimes because I'm like, okay, 
Now I'm the defensive coordinator. I'm on the other side, and I'm trying to shut these guys down. Okay, I know they got, you know, all-star, all-American running back, Walter Fletcher. I can try to game plan for him, but then right behind him I got Mike Gaelic too, who can also run the rock. So I try to shut down the running game, but then on the outside, you know, I got James Clark and I got Tanaz Gregory. Who Tanaz, You're not going to beat Tanaz in a track meet. You're not. Yep. If he gets a step on you, Mike, just sit down. Save yourself the hamstring pull because you ain't catching him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Tanaz Gregory is a good player. It's a, it's a smaller guy, so you, you know people think nothing of him, but he's, he's a tough guy. We got him actually running down on kickoff as well. Tough football player. Then alongside him is obviously James Clark, who was an All-American, had 1,000 yards receiving last year. Then obviously, uh, you know, if you watch the first game, Andre Dowdell did some great mm-hmm. things. And to me, the most underrated wide receiver guy who does everything, blocks hard, runs his routes all the time is uh, Blake Reddick, who doesn't get enough credit for being like the the mature father figure voice in that room and getting everybody to make sure they're on time. He's the guy that Coach Watson looks at to make sure all the receivers are in the team meeting. So Blake Reddick obviously deserves a lot of credit there. And you know, to speak about Fletch, you know, this thing's – I see him doing practice. I'm lucky. Other coaches don't even get to see it half of the time. There's there's cuts that he makes during practice that are just just crazy, and I'm, I'm happy to be able to see it. And then, you know, Gaelic is – I wouldn't want to be in a track when we talk about Tanaz's speed. Well, Gaelic is – Gaelic can get out Tanaz in a, in a race here. Gaelic's speed is just is just off, off the chain here. And then, you know, the offensive line, those guys always – they get forgot about. And uh, Coach Corey continues to remind us how good they are. Um, but they've done a great job for the last two seasons here. And we need them to do another great job this season. Yeah, I, I really – I love – two things – two biggest things I love about football are the big guys up front, not only on O-line but also on D-line. I think it's basically because I'm raising two <laughs> offensive and defensive linemen because uh, Pudge is six foot and 220 and he's 14 and scares the, the crud out of me. And then Beans ain't too far behind him. He's five-something right now and like hundred and. I want to say like 150 or whatever, but he's playing peewee ball, doing pretty good. Nice. But so I'm always focused and I'm picking up stuff. You know, I'm like, you know, I get to go hang out with you guys and walk around the coach's room a little bit. And not only am I kind of looking for stories and what I can use on air, but, you know, as a father and and part-time coach, I'm kind of picking up stuff like, okay, what can I show my kids? What can I tell them? What are the basics and stuff? And being around that atmosphere and stuff and knowing these guys and then talking to, uh, to Mr. Athletics, Trey Staunch, uh, he's given me some excellent tips, too, on, on offensive line and stuff. Nice. So everybody's been really great about, I guess, raising my football kids, <laughs> you know. But uh, it, it, it's one of those things you get to do here, and, you know, you don't get that type of, you know, that type of camaraderie. You don't get that type of atmosphere. You know, you're sitting, you're sitting there in class yep. with these guys. I mean, last year I had math with John Gervin and, like, half the other defensive squad. Nice. Was in my math class. Granted, I didn't pass it. They did, <laughs> but I didn't. But uh, you know, I mean, you get you build these relationships, and to see them flourish and to see them do so well on Saturday is is always a great thing. Yeah, for us, uh, Coach Bradford's huge on relationships and, and the community. So it's a testament to him for having our guys reach out to people and and uh, invite people in, and, and people like yourself feel comfortable to come to practice and watch and obviously get down and sit down and get exclusive interviews as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's all about our head coach and how he, he sees our program and where's it, where it's going. Now, he's in his, like, 20th year here at Edinburgh. So he's been around the program. He's deeply rooted uh, in the community, raised his kids here. So nobody has his finger on the pulse of, like, Northwest Pennsylvania, I think more than Coach Bradford does. Yeah, I would say, you know, my two years as coordinator here, Coach Bradford has definitely helped me, made me a better coach. And our football team is lucky to have this this man on our, on our as our as our leader here. And, you know, it's a testament to his, his loyalty to Edinburgh and to the players. You know, you listen to the seniors, half of the recruiting stories, Coach Bradford was the one calling them or, or showing up at their house or, or their school. And, you know, we're lucky to have him. And, you know, he's been a great head coach for the last two seasons. And, you know, his future is bright as a head coach. Yep, definitely looking forward to it. And hopefully as the season progresses, I know right now we're focused on going down to Bloomsburg and eating on Saturday. Because like I told you last Saturday, I mean, that, that 69-0 win was great. But I'm still hungry, Coach. Amen. Amen. we got a lot of guys who are starving as well. Still hungry. So best of luck to you. Best of luck to the football team. That's been Coach Corey here with us 
on the morning after on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll come right back after that. You don't want to miss anything. That's right. This is WFSC 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. You're listening to The Morning After, and I'm your host, Tubby. Alongside me, as always, is Miss Maddie G. Hello. (laughs) She says, with all the excitement that she can muster, and it's our (laughs) NFL Pick'em Show. But before we get into that, and talk about who's going to win and who's going to lose starting tonight because NFL is back, baby. We have uh, some local news, some local Edinburgh stuff we have to get through again. As you heard earlier today on the show, if you missed any part of it, you can go to edinburghnow.com and check out the podcast at any point for any part that you missed. We had the ladies of women's volleyball on this morning, and they're going to be away in New Hampshire for a tournament up there. Also, away will be Edinburgh football, as we talked with Coach Corey earlier last hour before the break. They'll be taking on Bloomsburg University. You can hear that call right here on 88.9 WFSE as Chris and Luke will again be on the call. So you won't miss a single play of action for that if you keep it locked right here to 88.9. Or you can stream it through edinburghnow.com or if you have to go out and about say you got some grocery shopping to do or last minute clothes shopping or whatever it is you young kids do on the weekends because i'm not up here i don't know but you can stream us through the TuneIn app or nobex radio app both apps are free just type in wfse and sure enough boom you got us uh also soccer is a way this weekend as well but at home this weekend is the big cross-country invitational. So come on out and support our highly touted cross-country team as they are ranked really high, like they're ranked one and two in the preseason polls. So make sure you come on out and support them. And also this weekend, I have to mention, I don't have to, but I really want to because it's an awesome experience. Starting tomorrow, it's the start of the Highland Games. That's right, all the Scottish fair and culture that you can handle in one entire weekend on one campus it will begin friday night with the calling of the clans there's uh harp and fiddle competitions throughout also bagpipe competitions and scottish games of skill along with uh there's like the caber toss and all kinds of stuff all kinds of scottish merch will be on sale and scottish craft items and that'll be set up all over campus so make sure you check that out this weekend it's a really great time and a lot of fun so make sure you come on out to the to the highland games right here on the campus of edinburgh all right miss maddie are you ready for the pick'em i'm ready for the pick'em i'm already picking teams so we gotta get into it quick <laughs> she's like oh my goodness oh my goodness it's, i'm making i the finally picks. got it to load set it to let me join our morning after group and pick my team so here we are i'm ready i've been ready all week yeah it may be a little bit of a struggle uh for the pickums so just so you know that but it is worth the fight and i might i have to mention here that for the past two years uh the the pickum trophy if you will has come home to my house so you want to make sure that you don't. Uh, so I'm having issues here with my technology. I don't know why it's <laughs> going on here. I, don't, I guess it will happen when I put stuff in my pockets. Uh, but anyhow, the trophy has been at my house. My wife won it year one. And then you. And then I won it last year. That's right. I'm the champ. I beat everybody. I'm so happy. All right. So let's kick it off. Let's kick it off. Tonight, the Atlanta Falcons take on the defending world champions. The Philadelphia Eagles, this one is a little bit closer. I think they have it rated right around, I want to say 60-40 for this one. But it's in favor of the Philadelphia Eagles. Maddie, who are you going with on this one? I'm going with the Eagles, but I think it's like that test answer that you're like, I'm going to go with this one, but I know when I get that test back, it's going to be wrong. 
right? Because like right now in the moment, it makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I totally agree with you. And I am definitely going with the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I don't think Atlanta, you know, until I'm proven wrong, I mean, the champ is still the champ. You got to beat the man to be the man. And right now, Philadelphia is still the man. I mean, Nick Foles did not look the greatest in preseason. He struggled a little bit. Um, so we'll, I don't know. We'll have to we'll, see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. And then that brings up Sunday morning. Well, not Sunday morning, but Sunday at 1 p.m. The Buffalo Bills and the Bills Mafia will be taking on the Baltimore Ravens, the Ratbirds of Baltimore. They have Ravens like highly ra- or highly percentage. Yeah, it's like eighty twenty. It's like eighty twenty, but you know what? I gotta go to the Bills. I'm gonna do it. Okay. I'm gonna do it. Okay. I. You can make fun of me Tuesday, but I'm gonna do it. I I'm I will never make fun of anybody's <laughs> picks. I'm going against you. I'm taking the Ratbirds. I just think, I think Baltimore is just a more solid team, and I really. I really, I, I really think that Buffalo's kind of like a, in a little bit of flux right now. They're in a little bit of dismay. They got a rookie quarterback. Uh, so many unanswered questions. I don't think they have enough weapons to really combat against the Baltimore Ravens defense. I, I don't look for them to fare very well. Uh, then in another matchup at one o'clock will be the Cincinnati Bengals against the Indianapolis Colts. This one is a little closer. I want to say it's like 65-45 almost on this one with them picking the Indianapolis Colts. Maddie, what do you think? See, I'm stuck here. I don't really know these two teams, and they're very close. So I, I think it's just going to be a, a pick them. <laughs> a pick them. Pick one. Pick one and Just flip a coin. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Bengals here. You know what? I'm going with the Bengals as well simply because – you know, Andrew Luck coming back, and, you know, I don't trust him. I don't trust him and his new, newly reformed arm. I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't think. I really don't think he has it. And I think Cincinnati is a little bit more of a solid team. I think uh, Andy Dalton is a proven leader of that team and can, really knows that offense. So, I, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals on this one. Prove me wrong, Indianapolis. <laughs> Prove me wrong. All right, Tubby. And then the game of the week. The well, game of the week for you. I'm calling it the game of the week. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cleveland Browns. Again, like we talked about with volleyball, Browns are the heavy, heavy underdogs at home against the Steelers. <sighs> Go ahead, Maddie, because I'm still thinking. Tubby, you know what? I'm going with your Browns. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do it. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Except for everybody listening right now. <laughs> Except for everybody within the sound of our voice and listening online. I'm going with the Browns for Tubby this week one. We'll see how it works out. Maybe I'll continue to pick them. We'll see. I'm going to give them the underdog advantage. All right. If I'm wrong, it's only one point, right? But I just, I don't know. Maybe it's the hard knocks hype that I'm buying into, but... I'm also going to go with the Browns, and please, dear Lord, don't prove me wrong. That's all I ask. Just, you know, just one time, baby. One time. It'd be really nice to see. And then it's the Tennessee Titans against the Miami Dolphins. Still at 1 o'clock. This game will be on Fox. Uh, It's heavily favored in favor of the Tennessee Titans. Maddie, what are you thinking? I'm going Tennessee. Yeah. I don't see why not. I mean, I, look, Miami I hasn't... Think, I think first week is kind of difficult, unless you've been really, really focusing in on preseason. And even preseason it doesn't tell you, you Yeah, it doesn't tell you much, because you still got ones going against twos and twos going against threes. And I think in the f- next couple of weeks, we'll be able to make uh, better educated picks and or better educated guesses. Yeah, we will be well-informed come, like, week three. I think is finally when everything starts to shake out. Then it's the Niners versus the Vikings. Vikings are favored in this one, and I don't see any reason why to go against them. 
So I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. I'm going for it. You can go with the Niners in the upset. No, I'm going to go with the Vikings. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, we got the Houston Texans versus the New England Patriots. I'm sorry, Houston. You're a scrappy young team. But you're still no match for the GOAT for Tom Brady and that Belichick team. I don't know why, but I want to do it. I I want to – something's just telling me. I'm, I'm going to do it because, like, I'm not I'm, – I'm serious about our pick'em league, but if it remains in the Tubby household – I won't be upset. You're not going to cry about it? <laughs> not going to cry about it. I probably don't sense. have room for it in my dorm room, so we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of, as um, it's almost becoming as fabled as the Erie County crown. It's probably got, like, brown stuff all over it that you guys have been hanging, like, pennants and... Well, no, because, see, the wife won't let me do that because mm. cause she's a Packers fan. Oh, okay. So that's not happening anytime soon. Next game up is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Saints are heavy favorite in this one. It's like ninety-eight to two. I'm gonna go with the Saints. Me too. I don't. I don't see any reason why not to. I mean, Tampa, Tampa Bay, and Jameis, Jameis Winston, and all the crab cake, all the crab legs he can take, just haven't been able to do much. So unless they prove me wrong, I, I guess that's what this week is about. Prove Tubby wrong week. <laughs> That's what it's getting into. So then it's the Jacksonville Jaguars against the New York Giants. Giants were kind of struggling. Jaguars are on the rebound. Giants have Saquon Barkley and Eli Manning. You know I'm who gonna, I went with. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with the Giants. You know who I went with? My Jaguars. Went with the Jaguars. All righty, righty. Not a bad pick. I mean, they're favored. Not a bad pick. That's my team now, too, Tubby. So yeah. you got to think. like, They're favored. They're my team. I'm going to go for it. If All I'm right. wrong, it's one point. It's one point. Then it's the Kansas City Chiefs versus the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers are favored in this one over the Chiefs. I... You know, I'm sorry. I just, I just don't believe in the Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one. Um... I'm going with the Chiefs just because something tells me to. And, again, it's week one. Like, you can't – unless you've been analyzing preseason like it's been your only thing you have had like to do for job. the last yeah. six, six days. Like, I don't know how you, how else you can really gauge where the season's going to go, you know? Right, exactly. So now we're looking at the Seattle Seahawks versus the Denver Broncos. Seahawks are favored in this one, but not by a whole lot. This one is almost 50-50, Maddie. All right. Um, do you favor one or the other? I feel – you know what? I'm feeling the Seahawks. Did you, you skipped over – I did not. The Cowboys and Panthers? Yeah. Maybe I did. You skipped over the Cowboys and Panthers. Who are you going with? I'm sure you already have it picked. Yeah, I'm going with, I'm going with the Cowboys. I'm going with the Cowboys in the upset. I'll pick the Cowboys as well. Um, and then Seattle and – Denver, almost 50-50 here. Who are you going with? Going with Seattle. I'm going to go with Denver then. <laughs> okay, well, that makes sense. Sounds legit. One of us will win, right? Yep, and then it's the Washington, D.C. football team versus the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are favored in this one. And I don't, you know what, I don't have any reason to doubt them. I really don't. I'm going with the Cards. Going to the Cardinals? Um, I, I say that's a fair assessment. I'm going to go with Cardinals. And then in the Monday night game, finally on the Monday night. I don't know, I'm sorry. It's the Sunday night game. Game starts at 8.20 on NBC. It's the Green Bay Packers, my wife's team, versus the Monsters of the Midway, the Chicago Bears. The oldest rivalry in NFL history, Green Bay versus Chicago. And I got to go with Green Bay. Even though Chicago did sign Khalil Mack, I... I don't believe in the rest of the Bears. I mean, it may be like Green Bay might have a little bit of trouble, but I don't think it's going to be that much for Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the Packers. Going to go with Green Bay. No reasoning. Just going to go with Green Bay. That's a good solid <laughs> pick. And it'll make a friend out of my wife. Uh, now we're looking at the New York Jets versus the Detroit Lions. Um, Jets have kind of struggled and continue to struggle. The Lions... 
eh. I mean, they're not bad, but they're not going to set the world on fire either. So I'm, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the Lions just because I think they're better right now than the New York Jets. I'm going with the Jets. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> just for it's week one, and I mean, if I lose a bunch of points here, I can just make them up later, right? Okay, I'll let you I believe. Mean, I'll let you believe that. Yeah. I'll let you. Just believe let that. me believe what I believe. Yeah, I'll let you believe. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, then it's the uh, L.A. Rams taking on the Oakland Raiders at 10:15 on a Monday night. Oof, is that going to make Tuesday a struggle if you stay up to watch that one? Uh, the Rams are heavily favored in this one. Oakland, again, just got rid of Khalil Mack. New head coach, well, new old head coach as John Gruden steps out of the booth and back on the field as head coach. Uh, you know what? I like Todd Gurley and I like the Rams. I got to go with the Rams on this one. I'm going with the Rams as well. Do we have uh, Mr. Athletics in our pick right now? Or do we have to get on them about that? I think we're going to have to get on them about I, that. I, if I'm remembering correctly, one of those two teams is his team. Wouldn't surprise me. I think so. We'll ask him. We'll ask him. At some we'll point. ask him. We'll make sure he gets a part of the pick-on pick for right. this year. So I'm going to say 23-7 to 7, L.A. over the Raiders. And then I'm going to go ahead and submit it. Lock it in. Lock it in right now. Pick them live on air. My picks are locked in. Good. So now they can't be changed. Now they can't be changed. I'm in it. You can even program it out, too. This is a cool thing. Like, if you wanted to, you could pick the entire season right now. Yeah, but I'm not doing that right now. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, you'd be almost full, but I'm just saying you could. So that way, like, if you forget or you know you're going to be busy one week ahead of time or whatever but you still want to try to gather some points, you can go on what information is known right now and boom, submit your picks and be in it. What games are you most forward, looking forward to this Sunday, Miss Maddie, as you catch up on um, probably all of your homework and paper yeah. writing and stuff? Yeah. Um, I know I'll be home on Sunday at home, like at my house, um, and they're going to have the Washington game playing. I know that. Uh the family is a, well, part of the family. House, half of the household are Redskin fans. So we're going to have that game playing. I know that. Um, we'll probably be flipping through all of them. There's nothing I'm looking I'm looking that much forward to, you know. It is week one. I'm very exciting to kind of get back into the season, you know. It's football time now. But um, right now there's nothing we're really too set on. I'll keep an eye on my Jaguars, though. As the day goes through. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all know what game I'm going to be watching, so I'm going to be there in person. I'm going to be there. <laughs> it's supposed to rain as oh. well. Bring a raincoat. Oh, yeah. I was just talking to my wife on the phone about it. I have to get those little $1, like, pocket ponchos or something. I'll do that. But, uh, yeah, so it's supposed to be a rainy mess. Sometimes we get away with it, though, because the stadium's right there on the lake, and the lake kind of acts like a buffer and pushes the storms further south. So maybe we'll be able to scoot away from it. Hopefully. That's my hope anyway, because home opener, you just don't want to be out there tailgating and getting rained on the entire time. It's kind of like a poo-poo. It doesn't, it's not that exciting, especially since this will probably be the only game that I'm going to this year. I'm hoping for fair weather and a better time and hopefully a favorable outcome. But there's all of our picks going down through picks ones or week one picks. In the books, you can find out how we fared on Tuesday as we bring the show back to you Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. Uh, we'll be joined at in the 10 a.m. hour by Tom Reisenweber of Erie Times News and Erie uh, Go of GoErie.com, HighSchoolSports.GoErie.com. You can follow him for all the Friday Night Lights action as he will have the entire District 10 covered which is most of erie county crawford venango a little bit down in the mercer a little bit so he'll have all those updates and scores and we'll have a great conversation with him on tuesday um also we'll recap all the action that went on uh not only from the cross country invitational here um also we'll have highlights from football highlights from volleyball highlights from soccer 
So everything you need to know about Edinburgh Athletics locked in right here on the morning after. So we thank you for spending your morning with us. If you missed any part of the show, you can log on to edinburghnow.com and look up the podcast from today's show. should be up within the hour, so before noon, before you go on your lunch break, you can check us out. Um, you can follow us on social media. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash the morning after sports show. For extra content, interviews, and such and the like, you can check that out as well. And follow us on Twitter, at GTubbySchmidt. And Miss Maddie, your handle is? You know, I'm getting there. I don't have it on the top of my head like you do. Yeah. And but my name on Twitter is Mads with a nice little peace sign. <laughs> uh, it's at Maddie, M-A-D-I, underscore 2106. Yep. So check all of us out on all of our social media. As we have you covered throughout the weekend uh, with all your sporting events. And keep it locked right here to 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. As we're starting to get our specialty shows kicked on. And they will start in action. I believe uh, I believe there's some going on tonight as well. Getting started. I think Patrick comes on with his show. Last and night he, Subverse returned. Yep, Subverse made a triumphant return to our airways. They will be back again Friday, I believe. Five to six. I think they're doing a... A double dose. A double dose. Wednesdays and Fridays this semester. That'll be awesome to we get will. all of your trendy music on Subverse. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It's kind of trendy. It's kind of vibey. It's kind of put it on and just chill. You'll just have to listen to it. Yeah. It's Make an assessment great. for yourself. With Natalie and Britain. Mm-hmm. Bringing you all of that. And then uh, check out our sportscast on Saturday. As I said, Luke... And Chris will be on the call at Bloomsburg, bringing you all the action from there. So until Tuesday, Burrow, have yourselves a great weekend.